In the shadow of your wings I will abide forever And hear my spirit sings I will rejoice in you, my God Welcome to In the Shadow of Your Wings with Pastor John Marins of the Granby Christian Church. The Granby Christian Church desires the lost to be saved and the believer to passionately pursue Christ in all that they do. Let's join Pastor John Marins for today's message. Friends, may the Lord Jesus Christ bless our time together. Amen. First, let me update you on the great progress being made with the Strong Tower Campaign at KNEO, $179,883.47 have come in so far. God bless you for listening to him and allowing him to direct you by his spirit to give to this campaign fund. He's even shown you how much to give, hasn't he? Again, thank you so much for obeying God in this matter. Friends, our topic just now is a hard one. And you might be tempted not to listen any further once I reveal it to you, but please don't succumb to that temptation. Our topic is suffering. And while we speak of suffering, we will also speak of wonderful hope for Jesus our Savior, our God, suffered too. Though he were a son, yet he learned obedience by the things he suffered as recorded in Hebrews 5.8. Listen, from the sufferings of the Christ have come many wondrous things. Jesus suffered too. And he left us an example that we might follow in his steps and glorify God by the lives we now live even while we suffer. Let's turn our hearts to our Savior and ask the Holy Spirit to be our guide and teacher as we consider the topic of suffering. Lord Jesus, thank you. Yes, we say thank you for taking a human body and going through all the sufferings you did on the cross that we might have eternal life. You suffered in the flesh, but before you did, you, re- you predicted it to your students. You told them what was going to happen, that you would be going to Jerusalem, and you would suffer many things from the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and then be raised on the third day. Therefore, your suffering upon the cross did not come as a surprise to you. May we not be surprised by our suffering. Fully aware of what was to come, you went to Jerusalem and died in our place. For this again we say, Over and over, Lord Jesus, thank you. In fact, we fall down before you, Lord Jesus, and we worship you. Father, we remember that Peter taught us that you, the God of all grace, after we had suffered, that you would perfect us and strengthen us, establish us. So, Father, we're trusting in you to do just that. Give us grace to hold on till this happens. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our suffering Savior, we pray. Amen. Friends, let's turn in our copy of the scriptures to Hebrews chapter 5. We'll be reading verses 7 through 9. Hebrews chapter 5, verses 7 through 9. Speaking of Jesus Christ, the writer of Hebrews says, Who, again, that's Jesus, who in the days of his flesh, 
Yes, Jesus is God in a body who, in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears unto him that is able to save him from death and was heard in that he feared. And though he were a son, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. And being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all that obey him. May God bless the reading of his holy word. Amen. Friends, we see in this passage that like all those in the flesh suffer, Jesus in the flesh also suffered. Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit, yet Jesus was not immune to suffering, and neither will we be. In fact, suffering is a part of the plan that God has for our life, and suffering will produce, by God's grace, glorious things within us. What happened to Jesus from our text? What happened to Jesus in the midst of his suffering? Well, first he prayed powerfully. A powerful prayer life flows from the heart of the saved as they suffer. Prayers are taking our needs to our almighty God and asking him for provision. When Jesus taught his disciples to pray, he included in his model prayer, give us this day our daily bread. Are these mere words? Or does Jesus expect us to go to God and entreat him with and for the basic needs, the necessities of life? Doesn't the scripture say, ask and you'll receive? When would our prayer be more potent? During times of ease, when we have plenty, or when we face times of hunger and thirst? Our prayer life takes on a rich reverence as we, during times of suffering, take our needs to God our Father. And that's what prayer is all about. We'll be moved during times of suffering also to offer up to God supplications, prayers and supplication. Strong's Dictionary of New Testament Words says that the root meaning of the word supplication is olive branch. For you see, as supplicants approach those whose aid they would implore, they would bring olive branches in their hands entwined with white wool. Thus they were signifying that they came as supplicants. With this same meekness, Jesus made prayers and supplications. He approached God for much needed help. The powerful prayer life of Jesus included, again, prayer, supplication, and strong cries. Are you beginning to see the suffering? And the things which Jesus endured caused this to be true? Loudly he would cry out to God. The same Greek word for cry is found in Hebrews 5, 7. is found in Matthew 5, 25, 6. There we have recorded that at midnight the cry came. Behold, the bridegroom, the bridegroom cometh out to meet you. It was a loud cry, I'm sure. Jesus offered up cries, and he did this with tears. Real men do cry. If there was a real man, it's the Lord Jesus Christ. And Hebrews 5, 7 says that the flow of tears was a part of the prayer life of Jesus Christ. Paul says of his own ministry that he served the Lord Jesus Christ 
in all humility of mine, with many tears. Jesus cried, Paul cried, we too will cry. Take comfort. These tears and reverence toward God display our grace-inspired piety. These we too will experience as a part of our suffering. Only in suffering do we find greater and greater grace to pray. And only in suffering do we find greater and greater grace to obey. The scripture says Jesus suffered and the scripture says that Jesus learned obedience by the things he suffered. Mark eleven twenty nine says, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. I'm meek and lowly in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. What do we need, need to learn from Jesus Christ? Well, we need to learn obedience is found in suffering. Yes, it comes at the hands of a schoolmaster whose name is Pain. When we touch something that's hot, we probably say to ourselves, or maybe even out loud, I'll not do that again. So pain is a powerful teacher. But do I imply that Jesus ever sinned by saying that he learned obedience by the things he suffered? Not at all. I'm merely quoting the text. Obedience is linked in the text to suffering. In verse 9, a third thing is found. Our prayer life will be, de be deepened by suffering, obedience will be learned by suffering. And then this third thing, and what is it that came to Jesus as found in verse 9 by suffering? He was made complete or perfect in context by what he suffered. He was able to accomplish his ministry because he suffered. Again, there's no implication in any way that Jesus is anything less than God or that he ever sinned. But as God in the flesh, he had to learn. He had to grow. The Bible says that Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man. He not only had to take up his cross, but to carry it as far as he could, then allow his body to be nailed to the wood of that cross, for it was there in his suffering. It was there in his suffering. It was there in his suffering that he would take away the sins of the world. Suffering is inseparably linked with the victory that Jesus gained on the cross. And thus Jesus became the author of eternal salvation to all who obey him. Please let this verse stand. Please let the strength of this verse not be diluted. Salvation without the grace of God is impossible, yet Hebrews is famous for teaching that real salvation includes obedience to Jesus Christ. Yes, love and good works flow from our salvation. In Hebrews 6, 9, we read of better things that are, in a sense, married or deeply connected to our salvation. Yes, held to our salvation by powerful bonds like blood relatives and deep friendships. Jesus creates these eternal bonds, and he does so by the things which he suffered. Yes, Jesus is indeed the author of eternal salvation, and it is so because he suffered. Friends, let's think about some applications now from our study. Here's the first. Let's comfort ourselves and all those around us with genuine comfort that comes from the truths found in Hebrews 5. When we or others are afflicted in pain, we can expect 
from this text to grow in maturity. Jesus did, we will too. In love, we can say to those who are in distress, God will bring you to a deeper commitment to obey him through this. Again, firmly we are not implying sin on the part of everyone who suffers. But what we are teaching is that there will be lasting good results from all our sufferings if we walk with Jesus through the valleys of life. We can also say to those who are suffering and to ourselves, your prayer life will deepen, for it will. More than ever before, you will cry out to God in reverence. It will be better for you than it would have been if it hadn't been. Let me say that again. When one is suffering, you can say, it will be better for you than it would have been if it hadn't been. You will have a deepening of your prayer life. So comfort those who suffer with the same comfort that you yourself receive from this passage of Hebrews 5. Then, in all your personal life, relish the good things that you know that have come or will come from suffering. Recount the times you've suffered. Mark them. Note when they began and note what caused them. And then treasure up not the hurt of the suffering, but the help that came from God because of the suffering. There was a man in the Old Testament who suffered greatly for 13 years. He was the favorite son of his father. His name was Joseph, the 11th son of Jacob. He suffered hatred from his brothers, jealousy. They couldn't even speak a kind word to him. He was sold as a slave. 17 years of separation. But he would say at the conclusion of all this, what man meant for evil, God meant for good. Let's pray. Father, Jesus, your son, that he might sanctify the people suffered outside the gate, giving his own blood for our sins. Father, this was the ultimate act of sacrifice, and it was the greatest suffering that ever occurred. Oh, Father, help us not to turn from you and during times of suffering, but instead help us to turn toward you during times of suffering, to reach up our hands toward you and say, Papa, Papa, you understand what we're going through right now. And Papa, you know what's best for us. And Papa, we're expecting you to, to cause us to pray more, to obey you more, to love you more, be more content and more mature because of the suffering. Father, do this in all that you wish to do in our lives because of what we've suffered. And we'll praise you as you do. In the blessed name of Jesus Christ, we pray and for his glory. Amen. Thank you for listening to In the Shadow of Your Wings with Pastor John Marins of the Granby Christian Church. If you don't have a church home, they would like to invite you to join them this Sunday for morning worship at 1045. The church is located at 969 Granby Miners Road in Granby, Missouri. Have a blessed weekend and remember to abide in the shadow of his wings. I will rejoice in you. My God, in the shadow of your